Good evening. Do not adjust your sets. Yes, we are indeed back. Welcome back to the uh, Duke Nukem Forever podcast. Now, the uh, the third and short overtime podcast. It's been a few weeks since we saw you all. Uh, it's good to be here again. But I, we apologise for our absence. Um, a few of us have been away doing some busy stuff. Uh, Bones has just become a dad, so congratulations, Bones. Um, Mark's had his missus move in, so commiserations, Mark. I've choked her out already. She's already gone. Sorry, government. And that's gone all right. So, and I don't know where Jordan's been, but we've had trouble locating him for about six weeks now. But it's good to have you back, Jordan. Yeah, I turned into a teacher for about a month. It were it was soul destroying. <laughs> Well, tonight might be so destroyed as well. Welcome back to the uh, the big draft print. No, that's not it. The the NFC West. We're breaking down the NFC West tonight. Um, we are, of course, sponsored by our uh, our wonderful sponsors, Amazon Prime. And uh, we're gonna with me. I've got to my right. I've got uh, I've got Jordan, who is going to be talking about the Seahawks. Um, below me on the screen is Bones, who is going to be talking about the Rams. And, of course, in the bottom right, we have Mark, who is going to be talking about the Cardinals. So that leaves me with my team, the 49ers. So, yeah, we're going to, we're going to be talking the NFC West tonight. And as usual, we'll just we'll just do a quick round around the three, four of us. Um, what, what do you think of when you think of the NFC West? Let's start with you, Jordan. We haven't heard your voice on this podcast in a while. What, what, what do you think of when you uh, when you think of the NFC West? Um, I think from for me personally, I think of good, maybe not all the teams and stuff, and in, in different time periods, but good defenses. You know, especially in my case, you know, watching the Legion of Boom back in the day. But I think um, I, I think you, you see good defense. You see different offense compared to. Over, you know, like divisions, you know, the West West Coast is like used a lot over this side, obviously. Um, and just competitive football, you know, I, like, I know we, we say that a lot of the divisions are quite competitive, but and I'm honestly not being biased. I just think this division is so competitive at times and it's the games are so tight. Even when we were just talking off air before, even when San Francisco were like at the like lowest before the Super Bowl run, still made games competitive in this division and it's. Like I said, I'm not being biased. I just think it's a fun division to watch. It's, you know, if you're in neutral, or just you know, it's just fun. It's just a, it's just a great division. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot to be said for that. Mark, you're in the other conference uh, in the West. What, what do you make of the NFC West? What 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 does it mean to you as a division? Currently, at the moment, when I look at it, it's um, it's like a division which is led by really young, innovative head coaches. Take aside Pete Carroll. You know, you've got Sean McVay and you've got Kyle Shanahan. And in amongst that as well, I suppose you've got Cliff Kingsbury. You know, who are young, offensive-minded, you know, like um, NFL coaches. The McVay-Shanahan one is really interesting because they're such good friends and they work together at Washington for such a long period. And I think if you if you were to speak to people in the NFL or, we, or you were to speak to... To, to some fans who maybe were a little bit more, you know, like in depth on the NFL outside their teams. And you said, you know, who are the real innovative minds of the of, of the NFL currently at this moment in time? You know, I'm, I'm guessing that most people would probably say Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. You know, they're two very young, promising coaches. And when I think of the NFC West, I automatically think of them too. I automatically think of, of, of just how... If the two of them stay in this division for, for a while, 
you know, just how just how exciting their matchups between the 49ers and the Rams, both on the West Coast, can be, you know, over the next five or six years. Yeah, there have been some really good games between the two. Um, you know, even in the last couple of years, both teams kind of developing. I'm intrigued to see what it what it's like going forwards. Um Bones, obviously, one lot will not spoil your bit too much, but you you're taking the Rams tonight largely because uh, the Rams have just taken your uh, your old quarterback uh, Stafford. But what what do you reckon to the NFC West? Where are you? Um, you know, where are you as far as that division goes? I mean, Jordan hit it pretty well, didn't he? Do it's it's the West Coast offense division. Surprise, surprise! The NFC West is the West Coast offense division. Like it's. And it's you know there's a lot of, there's a lot of thrown balls. I, I sometimes I when you first said it, I thought if you've got two if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have one good quarterback. Was the first thing I thought about the NFC West, but that's a long time ago. That's a long long time ago. But I mean, no, yeah, you're right. There's there's two very young, very close, innovative head coaches in this division. My Mark said it's it's a high passing. High power offense division, yeah, it's 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 good fun to watch. It's not something I'm as familiar with because of the time zone difference. I don't watch <laughs> much of the games, but yeah, good division, fun division. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to discussing it tonight. Obviously, this has been my division since I started watching football as a as a Forty Niners fan in my lifetime. We've we've always been in the NFC West, and to be honest, it's always been a competitive division. Even I think Jordan hits on it. Even when teams. You know, the Rams have had a spell of not being too good. Um, we obviously have. Uh, Cardinals traditionally haven't been particularly good, but they've always been able to take games off each other. And I think the, the interdivisional clashes are some of the best games you'll you'll see. The 49ers Seahawks games, be they in the regular season of the playoffs, some of the best games I've ever seen. Um, so I think we're looking at a division with four four strong teams in it, uh, really. And I think it's, it's going to be a tough one to call tonight. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you're watching, strap yourself in for a couple of hours because I think we might be here for a while. But um, we'll, we'll kick things off. We got through the intro pretty quick, so that should help us a bit. Let's, uh, let's kick things off with Arizona, with the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, the Arizona Cardinals spokesperson tonight is the Geordie Preacher, Mark. So come on, what you got for Arizona, Mark? Well, I was quite pleased to get Arizona because, first of all, I'm a big Kyla Murray believer. Um, I watched Kyla Murray in college, really loved him, you know, as a college prospect, loved what he brought the game, wasn't put off by his height or anything like that, and was really excited. You know, with, the, with, with him going to the West Coast, I thought, this is going to suit the way he plays. He's going into the NFC West, which is going to be West Coast football. He's going to be playing in good temperatures. He's going to, you know, like he's on the better side of the conferences. And to be honest with you, he was rookie of the year. I would argue that Josh Jacobs should have won it that, that, that year. But, you know, quarterback heavy league, he won rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. And, and, and you know, in, in last year, he was doing really well. He was doing really well. He was second in rush yardage, only to Lamar Jackson. Um, I think he threw... Um, let me get the stats up, but I think he threw 26 touchdowns, rushed for another 11 touchdowns, you know, 37 touchdowns allocated from one person, you know, and um, and for all intents and purposes, I'm still excited about what Kyler Murray can be. Um, has he cracked that top 10 position yet? I probably wouldn't say so. But he's only had two years in the NFL, and I think it doesn't take a mad genius to see where his ceiling is. Or, yeah. or, 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 you know, like if this is his floor, 
God only knows what the ceiling is, maybe. You know, I'll probably see he's a fringe top 10 player at the moment. Um, you know, what I am concerned about is Cliff, is Cliff Kingsby, the guy who they brought in, you know, who, who drafted Kyla Murray and, of course, recruited him as well at, at college and stuff like that. And he was, and he was a big fan of Kyla Murray. And, and you know, like he, he took the bold decision of trading away Josh Rosen to draft Kyla Murray number one. I'd have done it myself. Um, and I guess the only reason why he's got time at this moment in time is because of that decision. You know, like, is that he's probably viewed as maybe the best man for Kyler Murray moving forward, at least by the organisational. I'm not entirely sure he is. You know, um, I don't know what it is with the Arizona offence, but it just didn't seem to click. And, you know, especially when Kiff Clingsbury's come from this air raid office and, uh, of offence in college and stuff like that, like, you know, it just seemed that they ran out of ideas in the second half of last year. Um, Kyla Murray got dinged up a little bit. He was probably being asked to run too much. You know, he hasn't got the frame of some quarterbacks. You know, he's only five foot ten, which has been well talked about. And you know, like really, you kind of you kind of don't want to be doing too many designed run plays for him. You kind of want to be relying on his on his legs when the players break down. I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, um, he has got an astronomical arm, and I would just be trusting them to use it um you know i'll give you i'll give you a synopsis of what i mean by how the arizona cardinals offense struggled so when it came to the nfl last year arizona threw like arizona's total offense generated just over six thousand yards six thousand one hundred and fifty three to be precise and that was good for the sixth best yardage offense in the nfl the problem is is it is how it translated the points for example, that only translated to 410 points with an average of like 25 points a game, which put them way down into the teens, you know, like for actual points generated by an offense. See, when you think about all those yards that they're generating, they're just not punching the ball home. There's something breaking down. And when you think about how many touchdowns were either on the arm or the legs of Kyler Murray, it kind of gives you a little bit of a of a of, a, of, a, of an outlook of just how off out of balance this offense is. Um, they haven't really got a running back. Although I am excited by Chase Edmonds, I do think that Chase Edmonds is a good running back. I'm looking forward to seeing him in a bigger role. The problem is, is, is that in this system, what Kiff Klingsby's got, Kyler doesn't line up under centre. He lines up pretty much exclusively in shotgun. Which means if you're running back and you're being given the ball out of shotgun, you've almost got four or five yards to make up before you even hit the line of scrimmage. You know, like, and then you're going to go beyond the line of scrimmage, you know, like to get another four or five yards. So you're talking about a 10 yard run. You're expecting when you're handing a, you know, like a shotgun handoff to your running back. You know, it's not really designed for the running game. Kenyon Drake was in there doing it last year. What I do think Edmonds does is he's he's shifty and he's small, um, and he's and he's shiny, but he's actually arguably better than Kenyon Drake last year in a lesser role. Um, the most like him because he's going to be their number one back this year. Although they have bought in James Conner, but I'm not too sure how that's going to figure itself out. Um, surprisingly, last year, do you know what it was? I kept them 
kept them in a lot of games. Their defense. Hans Joseph came across. Um, you know, the ex-Denver Broncos head coach uh, and Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator. He came across and, and, and actually did a really good job of their defense. You know, he dialed up the blitz lots that had really good blitz numbers despite losing Chandler Jones. You know, and, and, and he got more out of that, that, out of that defense than I think anybody was really expecting. I guess what we now have to see is we now have to see what Keith Clingsby was brought in for and that's an actual offense. Um, you know, they've got some interesting pieces, um, which they've chosen in the draft last two years. Zayvon Collins uh, out of Tulsa is an athletic marvel. Um, I would let him rush the passer from the linebacker position. And of course, I've got Isaiah Simmons the year before. Um, I think much of, of their defense is going to be how they use those two players. How are those two players deployed? You know, because both of them are real athletic, athletic, athletically gifted players. And I think that um, in the right scheme, if, the, if they've got somebody like Vance Joseph who can be creative, I think that they could have two very interesting second level players. They've got one of the best all purpose safeties in the NFL, in Buddha Baker. Um, and in a conference where teams do like to run the ball, in the passes set up on the run. Having a safety like Buddha Baker, who's so assured of coming down and hitting the ball carrier and also good in coverage, kind of go underestimated. I think he might be the most crucial player on this Arizona defense. When I think of a playmaker, I'm thinking about him at the back end, just how good he is in coverage, but most importantly, how he doesn't let anybody down in run support. Um, you know, because he's going to be up against Kittle one play. And then he's going to be, you know, expected to get down and hit somebody on the run play, the next play, you know what I mean? You need to have a high skill set to be able to do that. Um, but put that big, I can fortunately do it. The ball and J.J. Watt in the off-season, you know, what's J.J. Watt got left in the tank at this stage? I'm not too sure. There's a big question mark around that. They lost Hassan Reddick, you know, the Panthers. And Hassan Reddick stepped in and really did a lot of the work and got a lot of the sacks when Chandler Jones went out injured and he's now that no longer there, you know, so how are they going to be losing a player like him? Albeit with Chandler Jones coming back. You know, Patrick Peterson, who's been a fixture there for, God, 10 years or more, you know, a, a shutdown corner, at least in his earlier part of his career, is no longer there. You know, they've got Byron Murphy, the kid out of Washington, who I liked a few years back. Um, how's he progressing? Is he ready? Is it is it Byron Murphy? Is it, am I thinking the right player, George? Yeah, yeah, Byron Murphy. Yeah, yeah, I thought I was. Yeah, and they got him in the second round last year. That's in Byron Murphy. I really like them, but I, I don't know how he's progressing. There's some questions there because he's going to be expected to fill a bigger role. You know, stepping into Patrick Peterson's um, boots, so to speak, cleats. Um, they brought in AJ Green, which was an odd one. But I think at the very least, it gives Kyla a really good, dependable red zone target. And I think that's what AJ Green is at this stage of his career. A jump ball specialist red zone target. Um, obviously, obviously, we've got D-Hop, who's just fantastic. You know, like top three wide receiver on the game. I'd probably argue that Devante Adams is maybe the only wide receiver who's better than him currently in the NFL. Um, maybe Brown in Tennessee. 
you know, I would argue, I would argue a case for either of those two above them. But they they hops in the top three, you know, either two or three, depending, maybe two in my group, um, behind Devante Adams. Yeah, so they've got the pieces there and they've got talent there. Um, I think it's kind of like now for Keith Klingsby. I'm not too sure if he'll last the whole season, if they start off slow, if truth be told. Um, I don't know how long he's going to get. Um, but my guess is, is that his seat is really, really, really very, very warm. You know, it, it, it should be hot to touch. Um, one thing I do want to touch on is, is Ron Dealmore. I don't think anybody knows uh, just, you know, like is within doubt of just how much I like that lad as a footballer. <laughs> um, you know, at Purdue, he was a, he was a one-man offence, if truth be told. You know, he's electric with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, and given the amount of screens that Arizona threw last year, I think they threw the most amount of screens in the NFL last year. Watch out for Ron Dealmore as a game, as a, you know, as a, as, a, as a game breaker on those screens and ins and around. I really hope we get to see more of, a, of, of Cliff Kingsbury's, Kingsbury's offense this year because so far it hasn't really been it. I think they're hoping that one deal more gives them what Arnie Isabella feel to. When they drafted Isabella, I think they thought he's our gadget guy, you know, but he's never really seemed to hit that. And I think that's what one deal more will be. I feel like I've covered a lot. I'm quite happy to shut up there and let you dissect it and uh, ask us some questions. But yeah, the arrow should be further up for Arizona, but I kind of feel like Keith Klingsby's bringing them down. <laughs> I'll ask that then as the opening question, just because I, I think I've said the same thing both privately. I'll say it on here as well. My biggest issue with Arizona is their coach. I don't like there's, there's issues with the roster. I'm not. I'm not as like bullish on the JJ Watt thing as some people are. Don't know how much he's got left in the tank. If you can get something out of him, yeah, okay, I can see it. AJ Green to me is shot. I'm not sure why they brought him in, but compensate you know. picks. I think they're hoping to get some compensate picks out of these late. You know, could like well veterans have to keep on picking up. Could well be, could well be. But here's a question, Mark. If Arizona is in a different division, do you think they would have a better shot at winning it? Because I feel like the biggest issue with Arizona is they're a good team, but not quite good enough here. Like, out of the four teams, I think they're probably the weakest, just because of Kingsbury, really, more than anything else. Do you know what it is as well? They've got to win games in their division, John. You know, like, that. that, that I think in, in... I think they haven't beaten the Rams in something like... I think they've lost the last eight games against the Rams out of the yeah. play. Um, I remember watching the game earlier on this week, and it was, and they were talking about that. You know, like it was, it was, it was Arizona against the Rams, and we we're talking about just how many games had lost on the spin against them, and they lost that game as well. You know, look, at some point, if you want to win the division, you've got to start beating the teams that are in it. Um, yeah. I know that they beat your team last year, John, but that was an injury decimated 49ers team. Yeah, and and also like they split the series. We, we I think we beat them in one game, and yeah. We, sh we should never have won that game, really, in all honesty. Um, yeah, it's a good point, and I think we, me and Jordan talked about it off air, and I'll, I'll say the same again here. I feel like one of the issues with, with and it's, I feel like I've got a vendetta against Cliff Kingsbury, but it's, I'm just going to say it for what it is. When you look at the other three coaches in the division, you've got Cheyenne, McVeigh, and Carroll, 
all of them have been to the playoffs and been in pressure situations and won in pressure situations. Kingsbury hasn't done that yet. Now, it's hard to do that when you're not in that position, but he doesn't have a track record there. And I think that's why, I think that's my concern with them really as a, as a team overall. Um, do you know, I, I, I kind of think that when they hired Kingsbury, they were trying to find their McVeigh or they were trying to find their Shanahan. And I kind of, and, and I feel like they've swung and missed. I yeah. think, I think they went out and it was a bit like when we got Lincoln Riley. You know, like, we'll go get this young coach from the college game, you know, like, who's doing amazing things and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, sorry, Lane Kiffin. You know, like, we'll go we'll go, we'll go, go do this stuff. Where, you know, we'll go get this young, innovative coach and all that stuff. Because they're trying to copy what the other two teams are doing in their division. One's yeah. got McVeigh, one's got Shanahan. Let's us try to get our young mind. And I just feel like they've swung and they've missed on this one. I just don't think Kingsbury's the guy, and I'll be surprised if he lasts the season. I think that's it. Like it's a difficult situation to come into because he's in he's in a division that's very competitive and they will be expecting results. You know, Kyle is going into going into another year. He looks pretty well developed at this stage. They're paying Hopkins good money, even though the owners are generally quite cheap in Arizona. They are paying you know, they are paying Hopkins quite a bit. They've they've paid to bring in all these veterans. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. I, I struggle to make a case for them really overall i think they're a good side but i think when you look at the pieces they've got they've got less pieces than everybody else and a large part of that is game management and coaching um where are you on them jordan what do you think of the cardinals i'm i'm pretty much the same really i think like this they started off well last season and put themselves in a good position but they split the series with us as well and one of them games i think we were i think we were about 17 points up or something like that and we kind of threw it away you know like ended up winning. but i just look at the um i look at the players that were brought in you know like maybe maybe max right hit on the head looking for some cons com, you know cons, i can't speak um pickups you know later on um but even if they give them a little bit more your players like malcolm butler that they brought in you mentioned um JJ Watt and AJ Green, um, with Rodney Hudson, they picked up this year as well. You know, even if they give them a little bit more, is it going to? I don't think it's enough to see them over the line. You know, from where they were last year. So for me, I just think they'll be in a similar position as last year at best. To be honest with you, I think you mentioned it before, Cliff Kingsbury in the big games. He just doesn't seem like the guy who can make the right decisions to get them over the line when in close games when they, when they could be winning. I know they had the. Um, Hail Murray against the Bills, but when, <laughs> when stuff like that, when does stuff like that happen normally? Yeah, I just think I, I think it'll be a new man in charge next year. To be honest with you, I think I think they'll move on and and um, it, it sounds crazy to say, but there could be a, a mini rebuild there starting next year. Yeah, because obviously if a new coach comes in, they're going to want their own system, maybe their own players. I feel like Murray was, although Murray was the obvious talent, I feel like he was very much a um, very much a Kingsbury pick, really, the kind of guy who would want to run his offense. So could be an interesting one, that. Bones, you're normally the positive one out of the four of us, and I know you've spoke up quite well about, um, about some teams in the past, apart from the Eagles. Uh, you got anything good to say about the Cardinals? Something positive? I mean, I I agree with Mark. I'm I'm a fan of Kylo Murray despite his height. I know he's a controversial quarterback in terms of there's a lot of different opinions about him. Like he's too small to play the position. He's not this that, and the other. But I agree. I think he's he's proven time and time again that it doesn't matter. Like 
what his height is irrelevant. The guy plays like um, the Cliff the Cliff Kingsbury points a valid one, isn't it? Really, realistically, like this team, it has pieces. It shouldn't struggle, but there's some there's something not right. Like like I said, the, I mean the defense especially. I, I really like the look of when you look at it on paper. Like their starting lineup for defense, like. Assuming JJ Watt has still got stuff left in the tank and plays like JJ Watt, then that's that's a good, that's a pretty good defense. You know, you've got JJ Watt, Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins this year in the draft, Buda Baker, like like Malcolm Butler. I mean, is there's a few names here that are good players, like or were good players, like depending on what you look. I mean, I think the defense looks nice, but I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to come up with positives. No, I think. I think the head coach situation is a problem, and I do agree that if they start off slow with this, with the lineup they have, if they start off slow, Cliff Kingsbury might not have a job much longer. Yeah, it's an I'm interesting not- one, isn't it? I feel like the defense has been built with the other teams in the division in mind. You think about people like Baker to cover Kittle and even Collins and people like that. In some respect, they're looking for big athletes, aren't they? It definitely feels like that to me. But. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think, um, um, obviously, sorry, um, I, I'm no. not going to change the fortunes, but losing Chandler Jones, um, I, think, I think he only played six games in it last year, were, were, were a big, dis, big disappointment from last season. But I'm, obviously, I'm not saying he's going to put him into a winning situation, but he, he's a fantastic player, Chandler Jones. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a really good player. Um I think there's, like like we said, there's a lot of good players on this team. It's just whether they can fit it all together. And I think if you looked at it realistically right now, you would say probably not. Um, Mark, I think you've got one more point you want to make. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll talk over to you. Go on. I want to leave Arizona fans feeling a bit more positive. So I've got a nice little point for you. One, you've got one of my steals in the NFL in the NFL draft. You've got a steal, steal. My surname's Steel, so I'm coining that. Steel, Steel. <laughs> you got a Steel, Steel. T. Gowan, who you got from UCF. I, you know, Joe, oh, yeah. I, I talk about corners and I watch corners so much. I, I, I could have like a corners give me wood. You know, like they're the, only position, <laughs> they're the only position that has to run backwards when everybody else is running forwards. They have to be able to react in that position. You have to be able to flip your hips at speed. You have to be able to. Judge the flight of the ball and be able to turn your head at the right time to make a kick on it. All of that makes cornerbacks superhuman. They're the most athletically gifted position in the NFL, and it's the hardest position to play. I saw some of those attributes in Tay Gowan when I was watching tape in the summer on draft prospects. To get him in the sixth round was criminal. I think that he could be somebody who might make an impact midway through the season if Malcolm Butler, who's at the tail end of his career, doesn't make does doesn't make the you know doesn't make cut the mustard, or if, or, or or you know like if Byron Murphy is kicking inside the nickel, I think Tay Gowan's a name to, to keep an eye out for, and also Chase Edmonds. I'm gonna sling a bet in here early, but I was thinking about good bets. If I was a betting man, I would put a little bit of money on Chase Edmonds to be all-purpose yardage leader in this entire division. When I think about what the San Francisco 49ers do, you know, running back by committee, the Rams are similar, though they've just lost one, not to spoil it. In in, in Chris Carson is really not giving much in the receiving game. Chase Edmonds is going to have the opportunity here, both running the ball and catching the ball. 
and I think you might have a sneaky big season. Um, stash them away on your fantasy drafts, pick them up if you can, but maybe just float a little £5 note on Chase Edmonds being an all an all purpose yardage leader for um for um this this uh, NFC West. That's an interesting call. I think he's a really good player, and I think they will be quite reliant on him in that role. So I think that's not a it's not a bad bet. I wish to say that the third and short podcast do not endorse gambling, gamble responsibly. Um, we have one of the hosts. We have one of the hosts of the other podcasts who may have a slight gambling problem. So we don't. Want to we've endorsed it. gambling on every single episode we've done where we do a I bet know, at it's the end. Late, but I'm, I'm like, trying to shut the door now. I'm just trying to, just trying to get that, that ship has sailed. Like. <laughs> no, I think it's a good. I think it's a good point. Have we got? Has anyone got any more on Arizona? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll move on to the 49ers then, uh, which is my turn to talk. This is obviously um, a, you know, a little bit strange tonight. We've got a 49ers fan in me and a Seahawks fan in uh, in Jordan. And uh, to cap things off, I'm from Lancashire and he's from Yorkshire. So uh, we got we got a nice nice rivalry thing going tonight. So uh, keep, it'd be good to see what we think of uh, each other's teams as well as our own. But <sighs> evaluating the 49ers is bloody difficult. And the reason I say that is because how do you evaluate this team against last year's team? We had a ridiculous run last year. I think we had the most, I think we, at one stage, we had the most salary cap money on injured reserve in NFL history or something ridiculous like that. I've, I've never seen anything like it. We had three players get injured in back-to-back plays in the Jets game. Uh, Bosa, Solomon, Thomas, and I forget who the other guy was. We, we It was a strange year to be a 49ers fan last year. Um I ended up coming out of the season feeling quite optimistic, despite the fact that we were pretty much out of the, you know, out of the playoff. The stupid thing is, I think we could have been in the playoffs. We lost two or three games. The Eagles sticks out in particular to me as a game that we lost that we really, really shouldn't have lost. And it was largely down to just basically running out of players. We had no depth on the interior line. We've started Nick Mullins at quarterback. You know, these are these are things that bring a season down. You know, you could do it two or three games. You can't do it for half a season. So going into the off season, but I remember being on this podcast when I when I first appeared on the on the uh, on the other podcast. I said there, there's more to do with the 49ers than a quarterback, and I still kind of stand by that to an extent. What we did what we did well though in free agency was bring back some players that I didn't think we'd bring back. So we brought back the likes of Jason Verrett, Jakowski Tart, you know, DJ Jones at nose tackle. We managed to get these guys back in the building, and I didn't really think that was going to be possible. I expected a bit of a almost a transitional year in a way because there's a few guys, particularly at DB, which I'll come on to in a sec. We haven't got a ton of talent there, and Richard Sherman obviously left us. If we'd lost Verrett as well, I think it would have plunged us into the market maybe at 12 for a, for a corner. We were looking at guys like JC Horn. I think I might have even said that on one of the on one of the pods that we did. Um, but because we were able to bring all those veterans back, and I think we did really well in free agency, I have to say that. I think what we did well was keep keep a core of a team together that perhaps we were expecting to lose. I think I think most of the time you get a couple of years window. Obviously, we went to the Super Bowl 12 months back, um, you know, and then we had a tough season, and it felt like it was going to be, right, okay, well, now it's phase two. There was guys like... Obviously, the big uh, the big comeback was Trent Williams. I think that was a 
a question mark, certainly for me, especially when the, the money started going up. I didn't really think we'd be able to keep him. We obviously did. I think that is a huge get. The big signing for me, though, and it can go either way, and it's largely because of the age, is Alex Mack. We've been lacking a top-quality centre for about a year and a half. We had Weston Richburg from the, we signed him from the Giants, and he was pretty good, especially in the Super Bowl run year, but unfortunately, tore, I think he tore his Achilles or... He's had a few like major injuries in his career. Anyway, missed all of last season with another one, and now he's retired. So we, we had a pretty glaring hole at centre all last year. As I said, our interior pass pro was terrible. So we brought in Alex Mack. And Alex Mack is a great player, and he's played well for Shanahan before, but he's 36. And that's my biggest concern. That This is not a division to come into late in... You know, and, and probably arguably a conference because if you're going to get to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to go past some teams with some insane pass rush. I immediately think of Tampa, who are likely the biggest roadblock in the NFC. And you start looking at that and you think, well, I can see why we've done that, but is it going to, you know, is it going to be enough? But I, I, I'm happy we got him and I think it will make a difference. In terms of what we needed going into the offseason, I thought DB and O-line. Now we brought some DBs back. We got some, we got some O-line in Mac and obviously kept Trent Williams. The question mark on the O-line is McClinchy, without a shadow of a doubt. He had a horrible season last year, one of the worst I've ever seen from an offensive lineman uh, at the 49ers, which when you consider some of the competition is, is, is pretty bad to be able to say. But doing all of that and putting all that together, we didn't do a lot in free agency. We didn't bring in a ton of outsiders. We brought one or two in. I think Zach Kerr from the Panthers will be an interesting signing. He's made some noise on the interior of the D-line. We definitely need some... We definitely need some uh, depth there. If I'm looking at the defense, one of the things that worries me right now is the lack of edge depth. Um, we got Nick Bosa and D Ford if he's healthy, and then not a great deal else. We, you know, we're, we're taking flyers on some people. Uh, Ekibam, sorry, Ebicam from um, the Rams. I think he's a decent player, but I don't think he moves the needle very much. And then after that, you're getting into the likes of like Arden Key and people like that. who are basically we're giving them a one-year tryout, and if, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, because we we constructed the roster in such a way, we were able to make the blockbuster trade that everybody's uh, everybody's talking about. Trey Lance, I'll come on to him in more more detail shortly because I know you want to. I know you want to get in on that a little bit, Mark. Um, we'll talk about Lance in more detail. But in general, in the draft, I was I was surprised with some of the picks. But I think sitting back and looking at it now, I, I think it was pretty well done. Um, Aaron Banks in the second. Doesn't look like a prototypical fit for the Shanahan offense. He's a big guy. He's as as you would say, I think Mark is a phone box player. He's not he's not somebody that's gonna like I don't think he's as mobile as say like your you know the other guards on the team, especially in a Shanahan offense. But I do think he's been drafted for a specific purpose, and that is largely to shore up the interior line, especially in pass pro. We were honestly, I cannot I cannot overestimate how much we were crumbling in the middle of the line last year. So I think he's a big-bodied guy. He's good in pass pro, and he'll probably start day one, in all honesty. We've nothing else at right guard, so I'd be shocked if he doesn't start. Um, so I thought that was a good pick. We made an interesting move taking two running backs. We took Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell. I think both are good players. I'm just surprised we put draft capital in that because running back traditionally is not a position in Shanahan's offense. You need heralded players for he's been able to get stuff out of people like Raheem Mostert Jeff Wilson who's undrafted you know these, these are guys that he, he's been able to get production out of very little we signed Wayne Goldman from the Giants as well who I actually think will 
may make the roster, and I think he'll be a good part of the rotation. But the two running backs is a little bit odd, but, I mean, ultimately, if we're going to succeed, it's probably going to be running the ball for a reason I'll come on to um, shortly. I thought we were lacking at DB. I've already said that. So I think Ambry Thomas at Michigan was a, was an excellent pick. I really like this guy. I, I believe he sat out last season, um, largely down to, you know, down to the pandemic and other things. There was a suggestion that if he had played last season, he might have sneaked in the first round. Now, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him to say that's definitely the case. I'll be honest. I don't watch Michigan because... If I wanted to watch a hardball coach team lose important games, I could just watch 49ers games from about five, six years ago. But I do I do like what I've seen of him. I think he's physical. I think he covers well. He fits our defense well. And I think I think he may make some noise out there. We haven't got a lot of DB, especially with Sherman gone. Verrett is going to start at one side, probably uh, Mosley on the other side. But Verrett has a history of injuries. K1 Williams is one of the best nickel corners in the game, so I'm not remotely worried about that position. If he stays healthy, we'll, we'll be fine there. But I think on the outside, there is a there is a vacancy. So I like that pick. I'd be interested to see what he can do. Uh, and then after that, you know, we, we've took a few chances here and there. Uh, Hafanga out of UFC, the safety, I think could be an interesting special teams guy. Um, he'll certainly be noticeable on the field, so I'm, quite, quite, I'm hoping he'll... Uh, Mokido show up if he plays like Troy Palomalu, which everybody was comparing him to. I'll be very happy with that, but I don't think he's anywhere near that good. But if we can get some production out of him, that's that's fine by me. It's but a big course, comp, big comp. Yeah, I think it's just because of the hair, though. I don't think it's anything to do with how he plays. <laughs> as long as he's not as bad as Taylor Mays, we'll be all right. Um, roster as a whole, I think. It, Listen, I, I try to be reasonable. I'm a 49ers fan. Obviously, I want to come on here and say, yeah, we're going to win the Super Bowl. We're going to go in like, you know, what will it be now? It'll be 20-0 now, won't it? Because it's a 17-game season. We're going to go, you know, we're going to go undefeated. Nobody could stop us. But being honest, there are some questions on this team. But overall, I think we're in a pretty solid place. I'm going to leave quarterback to last because I know, I know Mark has a couple of things there. Running back, I think we've got we've got a pretty solid, you know, solid state of affairs. We got some good players in there. We got most. Uh, Wilson's injured, unfortunately, but I think a few others will show themselves. You can run in Shanahan's offense if you can make one cut and read your blocks. You'll be fine. You don't need to be you don't need to be Barry Sanders or Gail Sayers to succeed in the 49ers offense. You know, you can you can be an average running back and look good. I think. Receiver is an interesting one. I like Ayuk and I like Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is probably my favourite player on this 49ers team, actually. But then after that, it's a it's a it's a weird cast of characters, really. Um, we haven't got a defined slot receiver. There's a suggestion that Jalen Hurd might be the guy, but he's been injured for the last two seasons, so we know nothing about him really. If he does make it on the field, I think as a big slot, he could be quite dangerous. Um, one name to keep an eye on just from reading, the, you know, reading about and seeing one or two things is Trent Sherfield. Now, I know you're thinking, Who the hell is that? and you're quite right to think that. Um, signed him free agency on a one year deal, but we did actually give him some guaranteed money. Now, the only other time Shanahan's ever gone out and got someone like this was Taylor Gabriel at the Falcons, and he had an absolutely solid year on in that year that they ran to the Super Bowl. So, I don't know, maybe they're seeing something in him. I don't know. Uh, be interesting to see where that. I'm quite interested to see how our receiver group shakes out because there are guys that are capable. We got Sanu as well. We we brought Sanu back. I don't know how much he's got left in the tank. Richie James is there. Richie James has been pretty solid, if unspectacular. Um, Juwan Jennings is an interesting one for me. Didn't make the roster last year, 
But really like what I saw out of him in, in the little that we got to see, the other yeah, practice stuff. Um, big physical guy. He was good in college as well. Just interested to see if he if he can make the roster. I think he might make some noise next year. Um, tight end is <laughs> George Kittle and everybody else. Um, George Kittle, at the risk of not provoking a 20-minute discussion, I'll say he's one of the top three tight ends in the, in the league. I don't think that's arguable. Um the issue that I have is we are quite reliant on dual tight end sets, and right now we don't have um, a second tight end. Ross Dwelly has been in there. He's not very good, in all honesty. Um, he's a decent, decent blocker, that's about it. We need to try and find somebody there, really. Um, O-line I've already covered. I think we've beefed up guard. Alex Mack is the key. If Alex Mack has a good season, I think the 49ers on offense will have a good season. Uh, there's no real, no real dramas there. D-line, same thing. I think it's dependent on how Bosa comes back from injury, to be honest. We haven't got a whole lot of depth. Anything we get out of D Ford is going to be an advantage. Um, if he even plays, I'll be surprised. He's, he's had a pretty serious injury, although there is a suggestion he'll be back. So that would be a big boost. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if Javon Kinlaw can take a step forward. I thought he had a solid end to the year, but he hasn't quite been the, the destructive force that was maybe expected, but I think he is quite raw. You know, it'd be interesting to see if he has improved. We got one of the best D-line coaches um, out there, I think, so it'd be interesting to see if his coach has helped him out. We have one of the best linebackers in the game for me, Fred Warner. Uh, I think I, I'm, as long as he's out there, I'm, I'm comfortable with, with our linebacking core. I think Dre Greenlaw's took a big step forward. He's probably most famous and probably will always be most famous, short of getting a touchdown in the Super Bowl for the tackle at the one-inch line against the Seahawks uh, two years ago in the in the last game of the season that won us the division. But I, I think that's a good linebacking call. DB have covered. There are some question marks. It feels like we've been weak at corner for my entire time as a fan. We've never really had a, a standout corner. Even when we signed Sherman, it was, it was on the downside of his career. So... Somebody's going to have to step up, step up there and quickly, I think, because Verrett's only on a one-year deal. Mostly, I think he's only on a one-year deal, and I think K1 Williams has only got a year left as well. So there's a there's a feeling in, in San Francisco that we're trying to hold it together just to make one more run at the Super Bowl and hopefully actually run the ball when we're ahead with nine minutes to go, and maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll actually win one. But yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy with the state of the team. Now then, the big question. Mark, I know you've got something you want to ask me. Well, some stuff you want to ask me. So I think one's about Trey Lance. So go, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you in here before I talk about Trey Lance. Cheers, John. Whew, you give a lot of information there, but I managed to pick some bits out and ask you some <laughs> You know, like the, the, big, this, the big talking point was obviously the trade. When they went up, you know, like in, and they made this move to number three and it was all about who they're going to go with. And there was a media storm saying it was Matt Jones. And if you remember, John, at the time, I wasn't buying it. I was like, there's no way they're moving up for Mac Jones. Not an open house chance. And I'll tell you why. Mac was the key to the clue. The sign Mac, who's going to do a lot of them calls and is going to pick out Mike and is going to set them offensive line packages. Getting a player like Mac meant that we're going to get somebody who was more or less, you know, like in ex less experienced than Mac Jones back there. Now, when I think of Kyle Shanahan, I think of a devastating run game. I think how he wants to line up in 21 personnel. He wants to have Debo Samuel in the X. He wants to have Brian uh, uh, Ayuk. He wants to have Ayuk in the Z. He wants to have George Kittle in the Y. He wants to have Kyle Yusek 
as one of the full back, as one of the running backs. And he wants to have a running back, Raheem Mostert. I think Trey Sermon's a really good pickup for years. The options that you've got in that offense with those players is petrifying enough. You've got Debo, who's electric with the ball in his hands. You've got a carbon copy in Ayuk, who can do it in arounds and all sorts. You've got you've got George Kittle, who's as good at blocking as he is at receiving. You throw a Russian quarterback into that. And as a defensive coordinator, the thought of San Francisco 49ers lined up in 21 personnel, if everybody's fit, is petrifying. Good luck <laughs> trying to guess what they're wanting to do. Because they're going to gash on the ground or they're going to put something, they're going to do some sort of gadget play or they're going to just dump it off to one of their terrific ball in the hand wide receivers. Or now you've got Trey Lance who's going to just use his legs and take off. That's going to give defensive coordinators nightmares all season. And I think I was I was like, it's going to be Justin Fields. You, John, were like, it's going to be Trey Lance, even though I was mega in love with Trey Lance. I didn't think for one moment it was going to be Mark Jones. <laughs> but if Kyle Shanahan wants to play 21 personnel, his offensive mind must be loving the kind of mismatches he can create with his first string package on the field. Yeah. Thinking Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, Juszczyk, Raheem Bosert, and Trey Lance. I don't know how long Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get in the system before they put Trey Lance in, because he must be licking his chops at that <laughs> prospect. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's, it's going to be. I'll, I'll talk about that in a sec. Actually, I got some thoughts. The, on other that. Good, the other good question is, and I've got I've got a few of them. So that was the first one. That's more of a point than a question for you. I'm sure you'll talk about that. One of the questions is, is Mohurst, sneaky good pickup, I thought. I yeah. thought he shone at the radars, you know, like in very limited uh, in very limited snaps. I think he's a very good interior third down pass rusher. When you've got someone like Kinlaw and Eric Armstead, you know, who can kick inside and play alongside them on them third downs, I think, you know, like he's going to be a sneaky good addition to your team. Don't know how you feel about Mohurst. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting one. Um, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you all the questions, John, and then you can then you can come yeah. back, right? So we've got more Hurst there. Another one. I think if this team can stay healthy, they're one of the favourites for the NFC. I genuinely believe they're that good. I genuinely believe that Kyle Shanahan will be able to cover up the defensive blemishes and the losing of Salah with his offense if they can stay healthy. Another question is is um. And, 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 and the final one, do you think this is a prove-it year for Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> came in, and albeit it's been out of his control a little bit with the injuries, but you kind of think, Johnny, needs to kind of prove it this year, and they need another deep playoff run. Interesting. That's a tough one to answer. Um, I'll start with the easy one. Uh, Mo, Mo Hurst, the two we picked up from the Raiders, I think he's, he's the better one and probably the more likely to make the roster. I was quite pleased we got him in a way. We are lacking some depth, you know, as I said on the D line. I think he'll, I think he might make some noise. I don't think he'll be a starter, but he, as a rotation guy, I think he'll be, I think he'll be absolutely fine. Um, Reese Shanahan, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? We get, we gave him a contract extension, so I think unless the arse falls out of us, he's probably safe. I mean, for a start, I think we're still paying Chip Kelly off, so 
I can't imagine that Jed York wants to pay another another coach off. And if if he went, I imagine John Lynch would go as well. So we'd have to be paid a GM as well. Do I think he needs to probably, yeah, in all honesty. Um in every year that we've been bad, we've either had the talent of an expansion franchise, which was like his first couple of years, or we've had injury issues. Obviously, Garoppolo blew his knee out in 2018. Um and last year was ridiculous, but yeah, I do think there's an element of that. Everyone says how good a, a how good a coach Shanahan is, and I'm not disagreeing with that. By the way, I always wanted, I actually wanted Mike Shanahan back at the 49ers for a long time. We ended up with Kyle. I'm not, you know, I think that was the right way to go. I think he probably does, though. Yeah, I think we need a, I think we need a big year. We need to be close. Um, the question mark is, and you touched on it, is the quarterback position. So. It, Everybody says, what's your take on it? Who do you think? And I know I've took up plenty of program time, so I'll try and make this quick. The Trey Lance thing is, is, is difficult for me to evaluate because the way I see it is, all the way through the process, we've said, first of all, he was the right pick. Yeah, you, you covered that. I don't need to go into any more detail on that. I think for what we wanted, he was, he was the right choice. And thank God we made it because, believe me, I'm not used to the 49ers making good draft decisions. But... As far as him starting, the the issue is we've told everyone that, oh, yeah, he's not necessarily going to start day one. And I, I don't personally think he will. But the issue then becomes, if, he, if he's coming in mid-season, something has gone wrong. Either Garoppolo's injured, which, you know, given his history, is a, is a reasonable possibility, or he's not performing. So I, I can't see a way that Lance can start at, point, at points this year and we can still be in contention unless he starts day one. I don't think he's going to start day one. I kind of hope he does, but I, I'm just not seeing it at the moment. And I think it might become a bit of a distraction if he doesn't start day one, because any time Jimmy has a off game, I think the, the calls for Lance are going to increase. The question is, how long can you wait? And that's really up to Shanahan. But I think any time you're making a mid-season swap of quarterbacks, it probably isn't going that well for you. Although, weirdly, the one exception, in, in certainly in 49ers history, was Kaepernick coming in for Smith when he got concussed, and then we rode it all the way to the Super Bowl and should have won that as well. Not that I'm bitter. <laughs> but, like, yeah, this is a you know, this is a team that's exciting to watch, but it could go off... This year could go off the rails, and it's only because there's so much focus on that quarterback position. If we don't start well and we don't win the first two, three games... Uh, there's going to be, well, I mean, we play the Lions first up. If we don't win that, there's going to be some questions, not just because it's the Lions, but it's the Lions with a new coach, you know, a new team. Um, but there's so much we can do with this offense. I, you know, like, I think you've touched on it before, Mark, but there's so many options on this team. I'm so glad we kept use check, brilliant fullback, you know, probably the best, probably the best fullback in the league, largely because most teams don't use one. Um, both receivers, brilliant. Kittle, brilliant. Good run game. Doesn't seem to matter who we put back there. We run out of running backs last year and we still generated yards. You know, this is a team that can... I think this team can score with anyone, providing that the quarterback is playing well, be it Garoppolo or Lance. If we get 2019 Garoppolo, we're going to be absolutely fine. If we get 2020 Garoppolo, then probably going to see Trey Lance by week four. You know, it's, a, it's an interesting... I really don't know how to evaluate this team, and it's largely because of that question. I'm really positive on the roster. There's one or two things I'm a bit unsure about, corner being one of them, but quarterback is the, is the big one. What is going to happen there? And if I'm making a prediction right now, 
I think Lance is coming in mid-season, and I think that means that we're probably not doing that well. And maybe he can turn it around. I don't know, but it kind of depends on when he gets the call. But I, I haven't lost faith in Garoppolo, but ultimately he's been injured that many times. Uh, he's missed that many games. I think there's going to come a point where Lance gets a go. And I think once he's in, he won't come back out. That's the thing for me. We're not going to do a Dolphins here. We're not going to have... We're not going to have Lance in for half the season and then suddenly swap back. I think once he gets in the team, he's in the team. So that's kind of where I'm sitting with it right now. This team can compete, but a lot needs to go right. And it did in 2019. We felt unbeatable for a time, you know, but I, this year is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to watching it, but I have some trepidation beyond the shadow of a doubt. And a large part of that is let's not have another year like last year as well, start missing players here, there and everywhere. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how I feel. So hopefully, one of you three can clarify it for me. Let's go over to the. Uh, let's go over to the opposite side. Jordan, you're a, you're a Seahawks guy. You're in our division. What do you think of us? Where do where do you see us? I'll try and keep it short, um, but I think what Mark says. I think that offense is frightening good if they get it right. You know, if. Um, yeah, it's like we say, we said it. I think I'm sure you've said it for the last few seasons. Everything has to fall right, and the injuries, the injuries don't come. That is a team that will be challenging Tampa Bay. You know, if if they get the quarterback position right, you know, if it all go, if it all falls into place, put it this way, San Francisco are going to be thereabouts. You know, it, it, it's as simple as that. But it's all just got to fall right for them. You know, and I think that's the best way to describe it without getting getting upset that you could be winning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hoping yeah. it, I'm hoping it goes totally the other way. Sorry, apologies, John. You know, I'm hoping they get the, they don't get the quarterback position right. It all goes tits up. But it is a fact. I look at that. I look at the roster and it is, if, if I want to see Hawk fan, I'd, I'd, I'd be tuning in to watch San Francisco every week if, if they keep, if they keep the, you know, if they don't have injuries. It'd be an interesting one, that's for sure. I think you're right, though. It's, it's the big if, isn't it? It's definitely That's definitely the only real question, I think, coming out of it. Let's go to you, Bones. What, what do you think of the 49ers? We play you week one, so so give, give us your opinion. Man, week one's going to be a conflicting week for me. Like, If I wasn't a Lions fan, I'd, I would also, much like Jordan, be tuning in to watch the 49ers. I probably will still be tuning in to watch a lot, a lot of the 49ers. Like, the way they want to play football. I just love, I, I love that kind of football as much abuse as I've got in the past about run heavy football. <laughs> so. Teams that still use a fullback teams that use a dual threat quarterback, these kind of teams. I just love watching like teams that still use a fullback in 2021. Go on Kyle Shanahan. Like I love that. I love that a little bit. Like now nah, I, I will be watching a lot of them this year. I think they're a great team to watch. I think, I think you're not wrong about kill kills. Amazing. Like I, Top three easily, like if not top one or two. Like I think Kelsey's probably the only other arguable top one or two for me personally. But Kale's a beast, and he loves wrestling. So you know, um, I know. I yeah, it's it's a good team, and honestly, I do think I think Garoppolo. I I don't think he needs. It makes sense to sit Lance for a bit, but I don't think. Garoppolo needs to hang around. Like I think you could get rid of Garoppolo. Not the end of the world. Uh, I think Lance is going to be good for you. I think, like Mark said, the the threat of that backfield with those yeah. those positions is it's unbelievable. And if you're not if you're not running it, you're passing it. Like it, and you've got the threats there as well. Ayuk's a great wide receiver. Like 
I really liked Brandon Ayuk. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a great team. It's going to be fun to watch next year. Like I'll be watching, and that first year, that first game of the year is going to be probably brutal. <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't know. We've a habit of letting ourselves down in week one, so it'd be interesting. Yeah, but as we're going to discuss soon, we're missing someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. I mean, ju- just on the just on the Lance thing, one last time. Knowing the 49ers fans as I do, as soon as Garoppolo throws an incompletion, they're going to be shouting for Trey Lance. This is a this is a fan base that was chanting for David Carr to come on to replace Alex Smith not so long back. So, yeah, you know, this is a fan base that's ready for ready to change quarterbacks. It's like it likes the shiny new toy. Mark, I think you've you've been pretty. Uh, you've said you think we're in the NFC race. You got anything else you want to add about the Niners, or are you? No, I mean, I really like the Trey Sermon pickup. I really think he's exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants. He's just specialised in a... He's a one-cut runner. That's what he is. He'll make he'll make a quick decision. He'll put his foot in the dirt. He'll make one cut, and he'll hit the hole, which is what Kyle Shanahan wants. Um, I thought he was a really good pickup. Um, if I was looking for a mid-round prospect who he chose, who might make an impact on this game, on this team... Knowing how much Shanahan will rotate his running backs, and with Jeff Wilson, who you mentioned, injured, Trey Sermon, I think will have a will have a role to play in this offense. Um, yeah. As a one cut runner, he's 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 perfect for what he's want to do. I think Trey Sermon is going to play that um, Tevin Coleman role that Tevin Coleman was doing, soften the defense up early on. Uh, big. You know, he's a powerful runner. I'm quite looking forward to seeing what he could do, to be honest. Anyway, look, I, I've nearly taken up an hour of the programme, so I'm going to, as you can probably guess, I could do a deep dive on the 49ers, but I'm not going to do that. We're going to go to the uh, we're going to go to the next team, which, if my alphabet is correct, is uh, over to Bones and the Los Angeles, because I always get the fucking city wrong with these guys, Los Angeles Rams. Is, is, I think your alphabet's correct. Anyway, like, um, yeah, the Rams. The Rams are... Uh... The Rams are an interesting team. The thing about the Rams is they have, a, like we've already said, they have a young head coach, interesting head coach. Um, they've had good defensive performances. They almost, like, they made it to a Super Bowl. Like, uh, But then it fluctuates. It really fluctuates. So, I mean, the in terms of the draft, like, the Rams hate having first-round picks, it seems. They just don't want them. Give them away for whatever we can get. And this year, they gave two firsts and a third to the Detroit Lions for my boy, Matthew Stafford. Like, so, on the one side, I'm I'm devastated to see Stafford leave Detroit. I, honestly, there was a part of me that thought he would genuinely retire there. But after, like, four different head coaches and everything he's gone through, fair play to the guy wanting somewhere else, wanting pastures new. And I think for what the Rams were missing with Goff, for example, I I think Stafford can fill that. When the run game is not there, Stafford will still make passes. Goff, when the run game is not there, supposedly isn't as good at making passes. But yeah, Stafford like will, will keep the... We'll keep the pass passing game going no matter what. I think they had to give away so much, didn't they, to, to offload the cost of Goff's contract. No one was taking him for a cheap right. Like everyone talks about the Stafford deal and be like, Oh, the amount of picks Detroit got for Stafford is crazy. Everyone's gonna be worth loads this year. And it's like on one hand, yes, but on the other hand, no, because look at Jared Goff's contract and what the Lions have to take on in terms of what they're giving him. Um 
So yeah, you had to find the deal there. That's going to be good for them, I think. Um, but I'm glad I left my research towards the end of this week, uh, just before we did the draft, because just before we did the podcast today, sorry, the draft, because um, Cam Akers has gone down with an Achilles injury, which as much as that Rams fans will say, this isn't a big deal. We have a lot of depth at running back. And they do. They have, do have a lot of depth at running back, they're, they're, but they're all young, unproven guys. And yeah, I mean, there's the, you can look back at the the other year, um, where the 2018, where uh, I think it was 2018, where Gurley went down, injured, and they made um, CJ Anderson their running back, and he played fairly well, probably best like point in his whole career, realistically. Um, so they can they can make it work with a different running back. McVeigh said he's not ruling out bringing in a veteran just to add some depth at that room, but. I think the Acres the Acres injury is going to be a big bigger deal than Rams fans might like to admit, and this leads into a into a a point that I wanted to make about the O line. Now the Rams O line is one of the it's a it can be fantastic O line, but it fluctu it has it has fluctuated really badly with the exact same set of guys. So 2018 they were the sixth best by PFF overall. Um, then in 2019, they were 31st O-line overall in the league with the exact same lineup. Right? And then 2020, they were back to third best O-line in the league, again, with the exact same lineup. So whether the Rams can survive without Acres, I feel like is going to massively depend on which Rams O-line turns up. Does the 2020 Rams O-line turn up? Or does the 2019 Rams O-line turn up? Because if the 2019 Rams O-line turns up, they're screwed. Like, it's as simple as that. We have always said in the past, like you need a good O line, and you can have any basically running back behind you. If you're not got the O line, yeah, you probably do need one of the better running backs to make your run game work. But the Rams are in a pickle now, where they don't have the running back anymore, and they might have the O line, but who knows? Because they could be the worst in the league next year. Um, in terms of their receiving core, though, the Rams are definitely a threat. Like a hundred percent, the Rams are a threat. Like Cooper Cup is a great receiver. Yeah, he may not be a burner. He may not be the fastest guy on the field, but he's he still makes contested catches deep down the field when they're catchable. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of Cooper's Cup's past couple of years where you can look at it and say, well, he had Goff thrown to them, and quite a few of the passes that Goff threw Cup's away were uncatchable. Like you can't argue the fact that they were not catchable. But when he does catch the ball, like when it is a catchable ball. He's a threat after the catch. Like he's a big threat after the catch. His rack yardage is good. Um, they've got something similar on the other side of him in uh, Woods. Woods is another good rack wide receiver when he's got the ball in his hands. They're both willing blockers. Like Cup is a good blocker in the run game, so like Woods is not bad either. They picked up two two Atwell in the draft this year um, as their first pick in the round in round two. Who is a, he's he's not the biggest guy, but. Um, He's a legitimate deep threat. This guy's quick, and I think he'll suit the Ram. He will suit the Rams' offense most likely, and he's ready to go now. He will fit in, and he can go day one. Um, so, in a weird way, the Rams' first pick was a bit of a win now move, which they've gone out and grabbed Stafford. They've got a receiver who's ready to go, fast, deep threat, something they needed alongside Cup and Woods. I think realistically, he may not have the highest ceiling, but if it's a win now pick, that. They don't often have the highest ceiling. They normally are more pro-ready and might fall off. Um, Higby at tight end, another part of the receiving core. 
he's going to, I think he's going to have a big year. I think Stafford is known for enjoying um, throwing to the tight end. He he loves that. And I think Higby's going to have another great year. Uh, he's not had bad years. He was he was a big target for Goff in the red zone. He was a good good touchdown catcher. Uh, and he's yeah. Uh, they also they also did pick up one one last point on the tight end quickly. It was um, a wide receiver in the draft this year. In the later picks, he was in the fourth. Jacob Harris listed as a wide receiver out of UCF. He I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two he is a tight end starting in this roster. I think he's one to watch in the future, and he's he's definitely going to be making the move over to tight. He's 6'5", 211 pounds, um, and he was apparently a lot in the offseason. A lot of his contact was with the Rams tight end coach. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a transition. Um, other parts, I mean, they have a good defense. I did want to bring this up. Um, I'm sorry, Jordan, but the Seahawks game last year was a standout game for the LA Rams. They had, like, if you want to look at what the Rams can do on defense, you look at the Seahawks game. It, it was a rough time for the Seahawks, but they basically had a, a they had a great game across the field. Um, Donald had a great game. The, the what is it, first and 25 on basically your own gold line springs to mind, the sack there. Um, yeah, it was. They've got a good defense, but then they lost Troy Hill. Um, they needed to add some depth back in for the DB um, room. Definitely, the coaching change might be a big factor in this, though. So Staley has moved on to be a head coach, and they have. Oh, what's his name? Is it Harris? Is Harris the new defensive coordinator for them? I've forgotten already. Um, so who knows if it was the defensive coordinator making this all come together. This defense could be completely different next year. Uh, Raheem Morris, thank you. Sorry, that is. Um, so yeah, who knows? They lost the, on the D line. They did lose Brockers and Fox in free agency. So again, they did add some depth during the draft um, with uh, the Bobby Brown and someone else. Bobby Brown and Ernest Ernest Brown. Yeah, there we go. I've got there in the end. Bobby Brown and Ernest Brown. Some some depth that. Uh, DB, uh, D, D line, sorry. Uh, and they picked up some linebackers, which they definitely needed to address uh, the linebacker room. So they did pick up Ernest Jones in the third round. I think he'll fit in quite well in this draft, in this team. But the, yeah, because I mean, the linebackers for the for the Rams is hard. They didn't stay healthy at all last year, did they? They needed, they needed some extra linebackers in that room just in case. Um, yeah. That Jake Funk pickup at running back doesn't seem that bad either. Uh, now, after losing Acres, everyone was... You'd look at that pick and be like, that's another running back in the last three, four years or whatever, but Acres has gone down, so worth it now. Um, yeah, didn't have much more to say on the Rams, to be honest. I think, I think they're a solid contender with Stafford. I really, really do. I think this guy has been playing for us for so long, and nobody watches the Lions. We barely even make it out to red zone most of the time. Like, it's... It's embarrassing how unwatched we are, but Stafford is an absolute beast, and I really hope in another offense he finally gets the title that he definitely deserves because he should be considered one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the league, I think. I definitely think he's so good. But playing at the Lions and making us competitive in games we should have lost, uh, yeah. But anyway, I digress. I I could go on about Stafford for hours because I think he's a very underestimated quarterback, but... I, I, much like the question about the San Francisco Open 49ers, I do think this is a bit of a prove-it year for McVeigh. I think the amount of big moves he's gone and made, um, made, but 
is is means that yeah it either happens now or it's not going to happen you've given away all our first round picks for like three years straight um yeah, if it's not going to work with you, blame you basically in a recent interview said, Oh, I'm much happier this offseason, which basically means now Goff is gone. I'm much happier. So, yeah. Um, in summary, just to wrap it all up quickly, I do think it's a big prove it year for Mavay. I think this team needs to do well. I think it's poised to do well. And I really hope Stafford has a great year. I really, really do. <laughs> good points. Some really good points. I think you hit the nail on the head right at the end as well, though. This is a team that is loaded up to win now. If it doesn't win in the next two, three-year window, they're just not going to do it, I don't think. There's nothing in the cupboard to replenish the team after this. Not that that's a bad thing. You know, you see your window, you take a shot. i got no issue with that. You could argue we've done the same thing. So, but yeah, I think I think the biggest positive for me, probably one of the best moves of the off-season, Stafford coming in at QB. I think that is a serious game-changer. Um I'm quite scared to play them this year because they normally play us quite close anyway. Although, interestingly, we were terrible last year and still beat them twice. So, I, you know, I don't know. Those are always good games. I think that's going to add some intrigue next year. Um, Mark, I know you've got some thoughts on LA. Um, let, let's throw it over to you. What, what do you think? You know, I like Stafford. I'm a big Stafford fan. I'm a Stafford believer. But has the love for Stafford not just been blown out of control in the NFL circle since he ended up at the Rams? You know, like I was reading articles the other day where people had him as top five quarterback. I was listening to the Flying Coach podcast, which is nearly as good as ours. It's bloody brilliant. Where Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay were on there with Peter Schrager. And they were talking about Matt Stafford. And it was like, it was like, uh, God, it was, they were, they were lauding this kid. Um, the truth of the matter is, is, is Matt Stafford, although not helped at Detroit, you know what I mean, is is still really, I suppose, a bit of an unknown quality, which is a funny thing to say, you know what I mean? He's gone early and they've put a lot of capital into him. And it just seems like it's being blown out of proportion. I don't know if it's um, the link between McVeigh and, you know, having a quarterback that he's, that, that he's, that he's, that he's brought in, you know, and given so much form. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Stafford fan. I really am a Stafford fan. I'm not having to go. But I am thinking that this Stafford love is starting to get a bit out of control. Um, on the Rams, I don't think they're as balanced as the 49ers. You know, like they lost some key pieces in free agency. They lost the two lads that went across to Cleveland. I know Jordan will mention them, so I'll not talk so much on them. But they're going to be a big miss. You know what I mean? Um, I look at their roster. And I start thinking, you know, the last Ecubam that was mentioned before. So I'm thinking, who's going to play outside linebacker alongside Floyd? I'm thinking, who's going to play a corner opposite Jalen Ramsey? I like, I like their, I like their offense more. I like the wide receivers: Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson, who the brought across from Philadelphia. I still think he's got something in the tank in this offense. Tutu Artwell will give them a deep threat. Van Jefferson is a good player. But offensive line, it's 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 better than average. The big thing is, is how much does Andrew Whitworth have left in the tank? Feels like he's been playing 38 now. Um, you know, he's going to be trusted to cover Stafford's blind side. He's so, 40. Is he 40? Jesus he's 40. Friend. There you go. So he's been he's been around forever. At some point, he's going to drop off. So, you know, like, it, it, you know, so 
I'm not as bullish on the Rams as what other people are. And now they've lost Cam Akers, and I don't care what anybody says. That's a big fucking deal. You know, he was really coming on at the second half of last year, especially in the playoffs. They've got nothing. They've got Daryl Henderson, who even when he was drafted, was drafted as a change of pace back. Who is now going to be trusted to tote the rock? I'm petrified of what he's going to look like in pass protection. You know, especially around the goal line where he's going to need to do it. They're talking about some veterans, but who's out there? Peterson? Todd Gurley? Pretty much right Peterson. Now, yeah, right, right now I'm thinking Henderson's probably a better bet, and it doesn't look that good of a bet anyway. Um, although I do think he's a good running back. I just worry about him in pass pro. Um, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I look at this and I think I'm not going to criticise Les Snead because what he does, he does well. And look, if you're picking at the back end of the draft every year like he is, might as well trade away your first round as for known quality. Because when you're picking in the 20s, it really is a crapshoot. And what the Rams have done really well is they've done really well at developing their mid-round guys. You know, like getting guys in the fourth and fifth round and developing them to play some sort of role. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to develop because they're starting to see the effect of having all these superstars like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Because you lose those next level players as a result of that. Um, yeah, I, you know, everyone seems to be pegging the Rams and people are putting money on the Rams. I want to like them more, but, you know, like for me, I am, um, for me, I think they're the second best team in this division. You know, and Matt Stafford, although I'm a fan, um, I just think the Buzz Fum's got out of hand at this stage. I just think it's got too much. I mean, there, there was a quote from um, starting 49ers safety Jimmy Ward about Stafford this week where he said something to the effect of, well, he's still the guy that never won a playoff game in Detroit. Now, I'm not so sure that that's a massive insult because, frankly, Detroit haven't been near the playoffs in a very long time. But it, it's it's an interesting point. You know, it's it's hard to project the guy in a better team because he hasn't had one. Yeah, he probably arguably hasn't had a team this loaded. It's, yeah... I, I get what you're saying, Mark. I do. I think there's. But I don't know. I, so. I just have to say, while we're while we're talking about Stafford, like we're, we're coming back to him, like this guy is better than. A, I know the the hype has been overblown at this point, but I would have been like this before he moved to the Rams. I would have told you all of this because, like, this guy was throwing no look passes before Mahomes was even in the league. Like this guy. He's responsible for so many wins that the Lions did not deserve at all. Like this guy is gonna be good. I just have to believe it. He's such a good quarterback, and I feel so sorry for him that he's been stuck in this position where, all right, yeah, he never won. A, he never won a playoff game with Detroit, but he got us to the playoffs, and that's further than Detroit's been in fifty-seven years. Like, come on, like, but. Yeah, I would have said he was a top 10 quarterback in this league before he moved to the Rams. Like He's just hampered by a shite team, Like is the sad <laughs> truth of it. But I did want to say there would be one thing. I'll never get to use this meme again, and it will make me sad. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite memes to use, and I'll never get to use it again because he doesn't play for us no more. But yeah, I feel like I feel like Jordan deserves to speak. I've just cut in because yeah, I'm gonna let Jordan. I want him to tie break this debate over Stafford. What you got? What you got, Jordan? Do I have to talk about Stafford? I want to talk about someone else. I get what Mark's saying and stuff, but it will definitely improve the Rams' offense. There's no doubt about it. You know, you know, Jared Goff 
went through one read and he struggled. This man, this Stafford will get through the first read, you know, like and and make them far. But that's why I touch on um, on the on the defense, you know, and defense, you know, I think Bones kindly mentioned it earlier about Seahawks against against the defense, and I know full well how much we've um, how much of a nightmare it's been against them over the years, but. I think Mark made a good point of like when you're paying people like Donald, it's going to suffer the second, you know, the second load of the, of talent. You know, you got people like uh, Johnson and um, Troy Hill. I think it was when it going to the Browns. You got Michael Brockers going. You know, like um, win the trades with um, Stafford, and it's like that. It's like Mark said again. It, it, these people like uh, Taylor Rapp, um, who, who I do like, is a, is a husky ex husky player. Um, Jordan Fuller and um, Troy Reader, they're, they're going to need these guys to step up. And are they? Are, are they? We've seen them in small batches, and Troy Reader had a decent decent season last year in the games that he did play. But are they going to be able to step up this year and and keep that defense that's been so strong over the last few years? And it's a big question mark for me. To be honest with you, I. Um, I don't know. They still obviously they'll still get production out of like teams like Donald and Ramsey. You know, I'm not saying they're going to fall totally off the cliff, but there is some big concerns there. And, and I think on offense, I think the offensive line, like I said, to Whitford, 40 year old. I don't know how he keeps doing it. To be honest with you, I'm sure I see him go down injured in, in like every year, and he still comes back and he's still playing. But I'm a big fan of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Deshaun Watson's a good um, Deshaun Jackson. Sorry, um, is a is a good pickup. And obviously, like you mentioned, the Cam Akers thing is, is is going to be a big problem. So, I think Rams are probably going to go backwards compared to what they la- I expect them to go backwards compared to where they were last year. Interesting. I think one of the things I would say from, from the discussions we've had so far, all three teams we think could be contenders, but we also think that it could go badly wrong as well. Or they could take a step backwards. I don't think there's any real consensus on, yeah, this team is, you know, this team is definitely going to be good. Mark thinks the Niners are going to be a threat in the NFC. I'm not that confident. I'm a Niners fan, you know. Um, Bones thinks Stafford's going to be MVP. The rest of us are a little bit more scared. You know, it's just interesting. I think there's, I, I think there's real boomer bust in all the teams we talked about. Probably coming to this, the more. The most solid team, I think, left. Although I'm interested to see what you think, Jordan. And we're going to let Jordan talk the Seahawks. What, what have you got for us, Jordan? I think I'm. Um, I don't know if it's just me as a Seahawk fan. I, I obviously will see what you guys think after. But I think it's the same. It is. It's, um, we haven't lost many players, and we haven't gained many players. But with everything that I'm going to talk about, it seems like it's a new chapter. At, at Seattle, you know, especially on the offense, you know, I know, like I said, it sounds crazy to say that because they've got a lot of the same players, but obviously we've got a new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, and then we, and it's just totally, I don't this is the thing, it's going to be difficult. Pete, I've, I've read loads of interviews and different, and, and watched different interviews with Pete Carroll, and obviously he's going to have a massive say in the offense, but it seems like he's going to give the reins a little bit to Shane Waldron, and you see what he did at the Rams, what type of football he plays, and for me, it's going to be a lot different, and it kind of excites me as well. But obviously, it it's new for what Russell Wilson and everyone else has played before, so it could take some time to get used to it, you know. So, like that's where I think to myself: is it is it going to be rough with a smooth this season? You know, I, I, I could talk about this guy for for ages, and, I'm, and Mark will back me up. Dwayne Eskridge 
is going to be a massive piece in this in this Shane Waldron. You know, you know, it's going to be it's going to be more up tempo. I feel, and that's going to suit um, Russell Wilson more. You know, I think I read a stat somewhere where I'm not saying it's going to be crazy up tempo, no huddle. But when Russell Wilson plays no huddle, he's like I think he's top three um, passer rating. You know, in in the NFL with um, no huddle. And like I say, I'm not saying it's going to go no huddle all the time. But I think Shane Walsh was going to bring an up tempo, and that's and then you the players like um, Dwayne Eskridge, you know, who is he's only like uh, five foot nine, like slot guy when. He played for um, Western Michigan, one day, I believe. Um, he's just so physical, and you just need to go watch, you know, watch him to believe that a five foot nine guy can can do what he can do with his feet, and you know, an explosive. And I think he's just going to fit this this new scheme that I hope that they're going to do moving forward. You know, it's going to be just think of the Rams' offense. You know, where it's you can go long, but you've got the dump offs to like. So like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, where it's just fun out of the backfield. You know, you can go just short, short reel. You can go long if you want to. And obviously they've brought over tight end Gerald Everett, and you've seen him a few times come out the backfield with a ball and, and, and different things like that. And I think, I don't know if I'm just getting ahead of myself, and I think I'm hoping that's what it is, but it just feels like it's a new era on this offense, you know, with um, Shane Waldron. But... The question is, will there be teething problems with it early on? I hope not. But I think it's going to be fun to watch. You know, sometimes Russell Wilson is a fabulous quarterback. I think we can all agree on that. He, he is really good. But sometimes he can be stuck. It's last year, especially when with the scheme, we got matched up on defence with the schemes and they found us out. He seemed to, obviously, he's great at scrambling, but he seemed to struggle. I think this with the Rams' offence, it helped Jared Goff, even though he's not the best quarterback. I'm just criticising for it. They always try to give him the first read, you know, and and I think that's what they'll do with Russell Wilson. And obviously, he's capable. If you don't have the first read, he can go through it. And the offensive. We're moving on to the offensive line. I've, I've tried, like I say, I'm trying to keep it as minimal as possible because I could go on for for ages. So onto the offensive line, I think bringing in Gabe Jackson. I know um, Mark knows him very well. Obviously getting on a bit now but I think he still improves our offensive line you know brings in experience in there you know with Dwayne Brown who who's even though the age of 35 is I think is a fantastic um, Dwayne uh, left tackle I think I think he was ranked in the top five uh, by PFF last year for pass protection which is what you want in a left tackle and of course perfect for us yeah I do like the offensive line I think obviously if, if players go down I think the swing players uh not not the best for us really you know i know we've picked up stone forsyth who i thought would go a lot higher to be honest with you in the draft you know his his run his, his run defense isn't his run offensive is is not great but his, his pass protection is fantastic when i saw him at the gators you know was, i don't know why he went so late but they moved up for him pete carroll and co moved up for him so obviously they see something in him so yeah i think i do like the offensive line but i think there's questions if players do go now injury and we might struggle there i think i'm, I'm going to bring mark into to this straight after because this is the big concern for me is is the corners for, for seattle i know how much mark loves his corners it's weird how we've just gone full circle where 
I've seen Pete Carroll talk. DJ Reed had a fantastic back end of last season. I will say that the teams that we played were people like Eagles, Jets. You know, we lost to the Giants. You know, it's not the greatest of teams from last season. But Pete Carroll saw something in DJ Reed, who was, I think, 5'8". I think it might, it might be 5'9". I'm not sure. He saw something in him and he's gone full circle picked up um, Trey Brown, who's a five foot ten corner, and thinks he's going to play on the outside. If it comes off, fantastic. But obviously, it's a big concern for me because I look at the, the other corners we've got, and we've got we've picked up Akella Weatherspoon from from yourself from 49ers, who he's had good games, mostly bad games. To be honest with you, he's um, they expected a lot from him in, in uh, San Francisco, I think, and he just didn't deliver most of the time. I know he's had injuries. Um, we've got. Um, What's his name from? Demarius Russell, he, he was fantastic at the Packers. We, we had him at safety last year. They're going to move him to corner. Um, got Trey Flowers, who is okay. We've got Amade, who's okay. I'm, I'm happy with the safety, but yeah, I, I bring Mark in now because obviously I know how much he loves his corners and I just see a massive concern there with the with the, the the guys that we've got to face people like George Kittle and um, the, um, Hopkins you know and obviously going back to the Rams you've got Woods and stuff and I just feel that that would be totally could be annihilated at that position I don't know what you feel about it Mac yeah so I wrote in big letters to ask you as a question right Jordan what is going on with your secondary because truthfully I don't know. I think it's a bit of a mess. DJ, yeah. you, 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 I, I like DJ Reed. He did have a good game. Did have a good end of the season. Really impressed. Um, I like them a lot. He did really do well. And you, you know, obviously got Trey Brown from Oklahoma, another small corner. But I, I don't know what's going on with this um, Seattle pass defense. You were terrible last year. You got better actually as DJ Reed came in. I just don't – I I think it's just as well you've got a good offence because I think you're going to need to score 30 points a game to stay in many games because one thing that erases a bad pass defence is a good pass rush. But you just don't have one of them either. You know what I mean? I'm like, who's bringing the heat on this depth chart? You know, like I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you've got rid of Reed, and, and, and I'm thinking, who's your three-tech? You know, you've got Puna Ford. And I'm like, who's your actual three tech? Who's who's, who's going to be playing three tech alongside Puna Ford? Is it Al Woods? I don't know. Um, I look at your defensive ends, and I think, right, you got that Davil Taylor. You got you got Davil Taylor from um, Tennessee. You know, I, I did like him coming into the draft. He was he was he was very limmy. I would say very long, limmy, flailing, um, pass rush up really raw maybe they see something in him maybe you can tell us more about him you brought carlos dunlap of course on a trade you've got him there but i'm i'm thinking i don't i don't respect your pass rush enough and i really worry about your secondary i would have said you would have been all right in the secondary could you have got pressure on opposing quarter, uh, quarterbacks but i'm worried about you being able to do it sustain like sustaining pressure um, Akilo Witherspoon out of Colorado. When he went to the 49ers, I thought he was a good pickup. Um, for one reason or another, and, and most of it's been injuries, never really done that. And maybe, maybe Pete Carroll thinks they can salvage him, like you know, 
but yeah I'm, at this point Jordan you know what my other question is do you honestly think the trade for Jamal will uh, Jamal Adams was worth it um I love Jamal Adams like I, I don't I don't think it's worth it at the time I thought it might have been a good pickup but obviously over the over the last two years I don't think it it's it's worked out as as well as as they would have hoped and I've, going back to your pass rush point, I know we didn't have Carlos Dunlap for the full full season, but when and even Jamal Adams missed missed um, games. But when Jamal Adams is your leading sack, <laughs> leading guy on sacks, you know you've got a problem. And and yeah, it's, it's I think John mentioned it in the chat. I don't know if it yesterday a couple of days ago. And it's like again, it's similar to what I said about full circle with the corners. It's full circle from where we just like seem to have dismissed the defense and hoping that we score more points. I, I think I said it in chat yesterday. I feel like in most games we'll have to score thirty plus points if you want to win a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the games. You know, unless a lot of, a few players come out and end up having peak performances. Dallas Taylor, I do like him. Obviously, he's had his setback with his injury. I don't know what they're going to do with him. You know, um, I've heard potentially that they were going to thinking about having a linebacker, but I, I, or, or I, I don't know if they're deciding on what they want to do with him. I'm hoping Jordan Brooks has a. A, a big year. I, I, I don't mind him as well. But these are players that are in positions where we're not that bad with Bobby Wagner and, and things like that. But yeah, it, the defense is a concern. I'm hoping that something happens, like magical, that where it ends up being okay. But it's um, it's it is concerning. I'm I'm I'm, I'm hoping that Sean Waldron's got a magic wand and we end up scoring 30, 35 points every game and, and we win and we win. But it's. It's going to be fun to watch for neutral. It's going to be high-scoring games. I think, I think the offense could be. But even then, like thinking about it, really, the offense could be anything as well. You know, like if they are teething problems with Shane Waldron, the yeah, Seahawks could find themselves in a real pickle you know, this year, and it might they might not be fun to watch at all. So, <sighs> don't really know where else to go. Really. <laughs> I've kind of taught myself. You know, <laughs> yeah, you've, uh, you've read it down worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you, Mark. I think that I'm, I am concerned massive about the defense. We've got two Pro Bowl safeties. I don't know. You know, I like Quandre Diggs, a good player, but you're picking at things where it's not going to help you win win games with this defense. You know, obviously Bobby Wagner's fantastic, but I, I think I do. It's probably going to be Al Woods with Puna Ford, I think, but. Do you know what, Joe, there's always one of those teams that just disappoints and you're kind of like, how are they that bad? You know, like last year it was the Dallas Cowboys, you know, like they were a really good roster and they ended up just being terrible and picking early. And I hate to say it, Jordan, because you're a mate of mine and we'll have a really good chat. It wouldn't surprise me if this year's team at the end of the year were worth scratching my head and going, how are the Seahawks that bad? Is, that, is the Seahawks? Because defensively, I look around and I'm like, whoo, you know, like you've got Bobby Wagner and you've got Puna Ford, who I feel quite comfortable in them too. Jamal Adams plays in a low-key position, box safety, albeit he makes up for that in the sacks that he gets. But apart from that, I'm like, Eek. what else is there? And I totally agree. This is all on Russell Wilson now. This is all on Russell Wilson. I think they're expecting to be a high-powered offense, which is weird for a Pete Carroll team. <laughs> um, and and I think and I think that you're going to see Russ really having to, like you said having to put thirty points on the board every single game to be able to to be able to win games, you know. And and, and I don't know if that's equipped 
to go deep in the NFL today, you know? Uh, I was making another quick point before I let other two guys have a, have a chat, but it's like it's like you're saying, we've been expecting a lot on Russ. Obviously, we've re-signed Chris Carson. Just say Chris Carson goes down injured. Rashad Benny were first-round pick, and they expected big things. He can't get on the field. That And... and in, obviously, we, like I mentioned a few times, we've got Shane Walsh. I don't know how much it changed, but we rely on the run a lot, really. And when and there were no, when Chris Carson missed the four games, there were no. It were, we, I think we lost three of them. You know, it, we, we need a running back to to set up what what we did with with, with Russell Wilson. You know, and it's um, and especially that schedule early on. It's 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 going to see that schedule early on is going to see where we're at. See how see how we are. We've got. Um, Colts, Titans, Steelers, you know, really early on. I think this 49ers on, on the third game. We've got it, it quiets down a bit later on, you know, at back end. I think we've got winnable games, but yeah, it's um, we, we could be sitting in a really bad place after before we go into I think it's week six by. Yeah, I, 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 I'll try to be positive early on, but it's, it's gone downhill, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm actually going to be slightly more positive about the Seahawks than you. Um, I mean, first of all, yeah, all the concerns you've raised are, are pretty valid. Um, I don't think there's anything I don't think there's anything I can fundamentally disagree with there. It's interesting that the team has flipped around completely. It's an offensive team now. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Waldron, I think, is a brilliant hire. In all honesty, when I saw you got him, I thought that might be something that puts them back sort of not in relevance, obviously it's still a relevant team, but maybe just maybe just gets them a level up. Now, defence is an issue. You've got an interesting cast of D linemen. I just looked up because I remembered you signing a couple of guys. One of the guys you got was Kerry Hyder, who led us in sacks last year. He's a very good player, and I think you'll get you'll definitely get some value out of him. You've also got Alden Smith, which I didn't even know. When did, when did that one happen? <laughs> well, to be fair, Alden Smith, I don't even... There's talk of him not even making roster. He, he, um, I think... It, I don't know how long that was. He, he pulled himself out of um, of camp, you know, to because he, he wasn't um, in shape, he said. No. So I don't know what's going to happen with that one. There's, um, there is talk of him maybe not making it. But, yeah, but it, it were weird. I think the... the they signed him up, and I think about two weeks later, he was on a misdemeanor, you know. <laughs> so, typical Seahawks. We should do an episode on like the, the best, well, the worst, if you like, squandered talent in NFL history. And I reckon Alden Smith might be up there because he was one of the best pass rushers I've ever seen. But what the hell's happened to his career? I honestly don't know. But yeah, that aside, the, the strange thing is, you could be starting two former 49ers at corner because DJ Reed is already there. And you signed Witherspoon as well. So, I don't know. I, I can't be positive about the defence. I, I, maybe you'll get some stuff out of it. I, I certainly think Hyder will have a good season. Puna Ford, really good player. Obviously, Bobby Wagner. And then it gets really difficult. But that offence, I don't know. I like that offence. I think you'll be in most games. I don't, know if you'll, I don't know if you'll be able to see them out. But I think you'll be in most games. I think there's, there's something to like here. Let's be honest. Going, you know, going back probably a decade now, but well, probably longer actually. There was nobody hyping up the Seahawks defense before they became what they weren't. You know what they were that everybody remembers now, the Legion of Boom. I'm not saying it's there; it might not be, but don't count Pete Carroll out. I don't think you think he's. 
I, it really pains me to say this because I can't stand Pete Carroll, one for coaching the Seahawks, but I didn't like him when he was in college anyway. But he, he is one of the top coaches in the NFL. So I think if there's anybody that can get some wins out of this team that they probably shouldn't be getting, it's probably him. But it's a big year. It's a really big year, I think. It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting. Let's go over to uh, let's go over to our positivity correspondent. What, what, have you, what have you got for Seattle Bones? It's hard to it's hard to say anything that really hasn't been covered here. I think this is this has been the. It's hard to. I, there's nothing to argue here. Is that like the the defense is lacking something? The, the offense is clearly the standout side of this team. I was just looking at the depth chart in front of me, like. The offense is clearly the standout side of this team, isn't it? Like, I feel like we'd be doing a disservice to Tom if we didn't mention like DK Metcalf is an absolute <laughs> unit. Like that guy's unbelievable. Like, I think everyone wishes he played for them because look at him, like Jesus Christ, freak of nature that guy. But yeah, I mean they've got other pieces. Like Will Disley's a pretty good tight end. Like you know you've got decent running. I mean, I understand the Rashad Penny thing and the Chris Carson thing. I think wasn't Rashad Penny also out for a bit of last year as well, though? Isn't that not part of it? Um, I, think he, I think he's been out more games than he's been in. You know, he just can't get yeah. on the field. It's a shame, really. Like, I hope because you do hope a, a first rounder, especially a running back, can eventually get on the But this is why, I guess, why Mark says you don't, you don't pay first round picks for running backs because here's a prime example, Rashad Penny. But yeah, I th- it's tough, and I think you are you're right. Like it's going to be one of those teams that if they if they score thirty points a game, they might win a few. But I I do think in terms of at least this division and the div- the divisional games, they're going to struggle against all three of the other teams in this division this year. Um, because I think a lot of the other teams have really good offenses, but also have better defenses. And if it's going to come down to who can score more, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, but I think it's going to be tough for the Seahawks. I think you're right. I think Pete Carroll has a bit of a, a big year ahead of him. Could could be bad for the Seahawks. I'm just going to throw one grenade in there. Is it? I doubt it would be Carroll's last year, but he's been coaching for a long time. How long do you think he's going to be there? Well, you see, you saw him take his top off on the San Diego bank calf. You know what I mean? <laughs> Still looking good for his age, but I don't know. I think he loves football. I think as long as the Seahawks are. Uh, a happy room. I think he'll be there for 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 a while more now. You know, I think uh, I think the grenade were when they announced an, an extra game that it were away. You know, at least at least we do. Even when we're not playing well, season, we, it, it's it's a hard place to come. Seattle, we we seem to get results. You know, at yeah. home because of the twelves. You know, but yeah, I think I think Pete Cam. I think um, even if it's um, like like you've all mentioned, even if it is a bad season, I think um, everyone will be everyone will be. Maybe Ken Norton Jr., I'm not sure. Maybe um, everyone will be back next year because with Shane Waldron coming on the offence, especially, you know, like, he'll get um, he'll get a, a leeway this year if it doesn't go right. But It's going to be interesting. Yeah. They've, they're always a tough team to beat when they're at home. We, we hardly ever beat you in Seattle. Um, I don't think many many teams do. So, I, I don't know. I'm not as down on them as as, as maybe, maybe everybody else is. I think there's some talent there. I think the I think if they do manage to get up to eight wins, I think it could still get them in with the extra place and just mm-hmm. how the how, what the NFC is like. I think it, they could sneak in the playoffs. But is there if you're not going to if you haven't got a chance to go on to win it? I know this is very negative, but if you haven't got a chance to go on to win it, is there any point in sneaking into the playoffs? You might as well. Not that we're going to be first round picks anyway, like. But. <laughs> 
That'd be interesting. That that's definitely a variable that's been added this year. Obviously, more playoff teams, an extra game. How many playoff teams do we see in this division? Two, two last year, wasn't it? Whew. You know, as this divisions, we are one because it's you. You want you want to be able to back every single team, but there's enough questions about every single team to feel yeah. dubious about them. You know, like I, I think that there's I think that there's two. Do you know, I honestly think that there's four decent teams in this division, but there's question marks about all of them. There's question marks about the depth at the Rams outside of their superstars. There's question marks about the injury history in the quarterback at the 49ers. There's question marks about will the Seahawks offense be able to make up for their poor defense? And the Cardinals, there's question marks because, well, there's Chris Cliff, Chris Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you've got four teams who have all got something that you can get behind, but have all got a big thing that you that, that can really derail them. And ultimately, I think that there will be two teams that come out of this division into the playoffs. What about you, Bones? What are you thinking? I think two. I think two is a fair is a fair bet. I think. I mean, I, I want to see two because I mean, I think the 49ers are pretty much a shoe in, but I would also like to see the Rams go. I go far. I've already expressed this, so yeah. I'm getting very uncomfortable with everybody tipping the Niners. It's uh, it's not it's a strange position to be in. Yeah. Usually we've done better when people aren't tipping us. Um, are we doing the division prediction? I don't know whether we actually come to a consensus here, but shall, shall we do? Shall we do the maybe, division prediction? Maybe we should do them individually. You know, like maybe we should just give our individual ones because I'm 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 going to go if the 49ers can can stay fit. If the 49ers can stay fit, I think that their base 21 personnel package, regardless of whether it's Gavopolo or um, Trey Lance back there, I think it's it's frightening. It, it, it's frightening to me. The defence is well-rounded. Um, there's just been some news which just broke, which I'm sure John will talk yeah, about. I'll drop that in. So yeah. I'm going to say that if the 49ers can stay fit, they're going to win this division. Who you got, Bones? I'm in the exact same boat. I think I think the 49ers, as I expressed when we talked about the 49ers, I like what they want to do with the football. So, And I do think they've got a good team for it. And I'm looking forward to seeing them do exactly that. Like This episode has gone the opposite way to how I expected. Everybody's more positive about our teams than we are. Um, <laughs> what, what, do you th- what do you think, Jordan? What, who's winning the division here? Yeah, I can't... Um... Can't get past um, 49ers as long as everyone stays fit. You know, I, I'm, I know, like, you probably didn't think you'd be hearing that, John. But, yeah. They've just been really unlucky. It's like you said, even on the Super Bowl run, they were unlucky or injured. But it were, it, the last two years, it's been, their, it's been their big playmakers that have been injured, you know, on defence, you know. So, uh, yeah, if everything goes well, I think Seahawks are going to be a, a Seahawks. I wish it were. Uh, 49ers... Um, Nines are going to be top. It's funny, isn't it? Because like my, my instinct as a very jaded sports fan in, in all senses wants to downplay that and be like, no, you're all mental. But then I think about the fact that we had so many players out last year and we still should have made the playoffs. We lost two games we should have won. And if we'd won those, we would have been in. So it, it is hard to back against us. Go on, you forced me into it. I'm going to have to agree with you. We're going to have to have a clean sweep for the uh, for the number one. Who, so, who's coming bottom is the bigger question. We've, well, we've, talked, 
I think that, I think the order does itself. If the 49ers are going to be top, does anybody else think that the Rams aren't going to be second? I think the Rams are going to be second. Anybody disagree with that? I think I've probably got the Rams. I, I, yeah, if if I, if if I wasn't a negative 49ers fan, like I would have put the Niners second. I would have said the Rams to win it. So yeah, based on the fact you've all talked me into the Niners winning it, I'll have to say the Rams coming second. <laughs> so, we've got, so we've got the 49ers winning it. We've got the Rams coming second. The next big question is who's going to be bottom? <laughs> I think I this is the biggest it. debate. I think it could definitely, it could, it could definitely go either way. Like the wheels could fall off the Cardinals. Cliff, King, King, Cliff Kingsbury could absolutely fluff it again, or you know, the Seahawks could fail to score thirty points again. The defense, the defense won't stop anybody scoring, and they'll lose games. I, it's, it could go either way, but I, I have to say, I feel like it's, it looks worse for the Seahawks right now on paper than it does for the Cardinals. Yeah. I think if you look at the two rosters and you take away Russell Wilson, you know you look you look at those two rosters without Russell Wilson in it, without Russell Wilson in it. I'd rather have the Cardinals roster. Day Hop, you know, even AJ Green now who's aging is going to be a red zone target. You know, they've, they've got Chandler Jones coming back. You know, like I, I, and they've got Buddha Baker and they've got these young pieces. The only thing was just holding back is Cliff Kingsbury. But <laughs> I can't, I, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to say that take Russell Wilson out of the equation. Arizona's probably got the better roster. D Hop and DK Metcalf, you know what I mean? They're one of them kind of things. I, I, I'm tempted to put the Cardinals at third. And I'm sorry, Jordan, because I want to like the Seahawks, but I'm really fearful because I know how, I know how, how, a bad defense can make you a really bad football team. Believe you me, I'm a Raiders fan, mate. You know what I mean? So I know how bad, how a bad defense can really make you a bad football team. So I'm going to go Cardinals third. I'm going to go Seattle Seahawks fourth. Yeah. <laughs> I get, obviously, um, me, uh, my heart wants to say Seahawks third, but I can't disagree with you. I think. I think it was when I first started watching Seahawks. I think it was Mike Holmgren was the coach, and it was his, his last year. And I think they had um, I can't remember what it was, three or four record. And the, the year after that, it was Jim Mora, and I think again it was a similar record. Ever since then, since Pete Carroll came in, I think I've, I've only ever seen seven plus wins for the Seahawks. I don't know, I don't know if that's going to change this year because it would going to happen eventually. I've had a good run, haven't I? I've had a good run. Do you know? Do you know what it is, George? Do you know what else makes us worried as well? Is your, your off, if you've got a good offense and you've got a poor defense, you want an offense who can keep the clock for ages to keep your defense off the field, which means you want a really good run game. And you've got Chris Carson, who's who's a really good running back, wicket injured a lot. And I kind of think even if you are in the lead in games, if Chris Carson is injured, will you have the run game to be able to grind the clock down to keep the opposition's offense off the field? And I'm kind of thinking maybe you're mining, you know what I mean, mate? <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go with the majority, so it sounds like you've all put the Seahawks bottom, so I'll uh, I'll take that. <laughs> oh, and Jordan's left. We've both come enough, he's gone. I, mean, I, did, oh, I, did, I did not do that from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> What's 
something Honestly, about defense, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, if you've got a bad defense, you want to have a really good run game. Because if you're building up a lead, you want to have a run game you can rely on to grind the clock down to keep the other team's offense off the off the field and to keep your defense off the field. And I think that Chris Carson, if he gets injured, and he, and he has had injury history in his past, I just think who's going to, you know, even if you still build up a touchdown lead and you've got six or seven minutes going into the fourth quarter, who's going to be the running back? Who's going to carry the ball and keep the chains going? So you can bring that clock deep down in under the two-minute warning. You know, like you need to have these long, sustained drives when you've got a really poor defense. But your offense is built really high-powered for these kind of like quick score kind of kind of things. Like, you know what I mean? I just I've, I've got enough questions about the Seahawks to think it's going to be fascinating how it plays out. But I'm worried for them. Yeah. I think that's a fair summary. So that's what we've got. We've got the 49ers winning the division, which terrifies me. Uh, the Rams come in second. I presume we think they're going to be they're going to make the playoffs too. Um, Cardinals in third, and Seahawks finishing bottom of the division. That should get Twitter going. Um, I think, um, and that's fine as long as New York Giants don't win the East. <laughs> well, we didn't have them winning the East, I don't think. So I think you're safe there. <laughs> Didn't we have Washington winning the yeah, reserves? Um, just a small bit of NFC West breaking news, which I, I saw halfway through this podcast. It was actually eight hours beforehand, so we sh- I should have had it for my own summary. But Fred Warner has uh, re-signed with the 49ers on a five-year, 95 million deal, which makes him the highest-paid linebacker in football by annual average by a million a year over Wagner, I think. I think it's probably Wagner that's on 18. Um, so interesting bit of news there. Uh, definitely another one of the core kind of you know sticking around for a while. Demico Ryan's our new DC will be uh, loving that news. So just a nice little bump going into the uh, into the preseason. But um, yeah, that's the end of our, our division wrap ups. Um, we obviously had eight to do. We did seven very quickly, and then the eighth one took, took a bit longer. Um, for a variety of reasons, uh, one of which was England actually being quite good at football a few times, which meant that it was pointless recording on Mondays because you would have all been watching the football. But uh, yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed it. We will be back next week. I don't actually know what our topic's going to be yet. Have we have we hit on a topic? We're we going to do breakout players next week. I feel like that was one of the suggestions that was knocking around. Yeah, I think we, I think we'll probably do offensive breakout players. We'll pick we'll pick one each and we'll. Pound the table for who we think will be an offensive breakout player next game for reasons why. But right. not but not from our own team was the caveat, not, wasn't it? Yeah, not you can't pick a player from your own franchise. Right, so we have to pick an offensive breakout player that it doesn't play for one of our teams. Yeah. Which is fine right. for me because we got none on the radars, maybe <laughs> I was gonna say it would be harder for some of us than others anyway, so I think that's probably fair enough. Uh yeah, so we'll be back next week. Well, hopefully next week doing that. Uh probably at our regular time. Uh, which is usually Mondays, although Wednesday seems to become a popular day now as well. But not, nonetheless, hopefully you've enjoyed what we've been doing. Do follow us on the socials at Third at Third Short Pod, is it? Third and Short? I can never bloody remember. Have you got it, Bones? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to remember that one day, I swear to God. Anyway, um, yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed the, the content we've been outputting. I um, really like what we've been doing the last... Well, I was going to say the last few weeks, but this is actually the first one for about three weeks. Yeah, there we go. At third short pod on the social, give us a follow. You'll get 
notified about the upcoming episodes and let's face it you need it because we don't keep a regular schedule so uh, you know you need all the help you can get really found but, it in uh, the end <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed yourselves watching it we've certainly enjoyed doing it and uh yeah we'll see you again next week ciao see you later gang <laughs>